Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. A special, somewhat unique edition today. It's not something that we do every Wednesday. We're going to do a Q&A episode and answer some of the great questions that you guys sent in on Twitter. But before we get into that, um, unfortunately, I think, Mac, we just, we've got to say something about what happened at Virginia. Part of me, when you and I were talking about our week on Monday, part of me was like, do we even do an episode? Because right. it's just, yeah. maybe just out of respect, but... I mean, it's so incredibly sad and tragic. Mac, do you do you have any thoughts on the situation? Yeah, KG. It's um when I when I heard it, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, this, this is just this is crazy because the way that the world works now, it, things are just so fast. Like with yeah. social media and, and just the the array of media content and um, platforms, all these different things. Like you learn things maybe faster than you should just because you don't know the story or, or whatever. And so stuff starts coming out and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is horrible. And then it comes out that, you know, there are players dead, there's football players. And not that that changes anything, but it it hits closer to home for us because obviously we know these kids and and we cover them and we talk to them. And then it comes out who it is and you're just like, this is not real. Like what is going on? And then the situation comes out that they were on a field trip. They were on a bus. And then it comes out that it was a former teammate that that killed them, and I'm just sitting there like it, it's it's terrible. It, it's one of the worst things that I can even think of happening. It's it's evil. It is um, it's a travesty. It, it absolutely is that, that when you see this and and you know three young men's lives taken, you know that that were who knows what they were going to be. The, the great impact that they were going to have in this world that were just ripped away from it. And, and to me, it's there's so many different things that I hear. Well, we have this problem. We have this problem. We have <clears throat> the biggest problem that we have is a Jesus problem. The biggest problem that we have is a heart problem. And that as a country and as a society, and honestly a world, this is not a, a specific country problem, is that we just, you got to get right and you got to love a little bit more and you got to get to know people and you got to understand. And and to, to just, I can't even imagine the situation and, and to the anger to take someone's right. life, right. KG. And, and so- our hearts are are broken. They absolutely go out to the University of Virginia, the football team, those players, the families that are dealing with that situation. I mean, to get a phone call like that, I, I just for a brother, for a daughter, for a wife, spouse, anything. I mean, I just I can't imagine, and, yeah. and it's an absolutely terrible thing. It is, and I I watched some of the press conference with Carla Williams and Tony Elliott, and I thought they handled it as well as anyone can. I don't know. Yeah. what you even do when you're in that position of of administration and of leadership, but obviously you had no control over this situation. So right. it's just awful. We'll see what happens football-wise. I don't think that's what's really on people's minds right now. Yeah. I, I will say this. I want to say this too, KG. I, I as crazy, and, and maybe this is the wrong word, but I'm so happy that Tony Elliott is there. I, I cannot imagine a different person – in that situation, knowing him and understanding how much he loves those guys and, and how he's going to 
help them get through this than, than somebody like him. And, and he's been through horrible tragedy himself. Yes, yeah. And not saying that that makes you you a better fit for it, but he, he is going to get them through that. He is going to help them get you know through this terrible thing that has happened. So I truly believe that that Tony is meant to be there, and maybe this was the first domino and, and hopefully it's better things and much better things that move forward. But I truly think that he was supposed to be there for this moment and will help, you know, that place heal because of this horrible thing. I hope so. I hope so. And you know him well, Mac, and we just pray for everyone involved because it's absolutely awful. And look, there's no easy way to transition out of it. We felt like we had to say something about it. But we are going to have some fun on this podcast. Maybe if you're a Virginia fan or Virginia Tech fan, I know they've this may be bringing up kind of some some memories and things like that for the tragedy that happened at Virginia Tech so many years ago. So maybe it can just take your mind off of it, and we'll just yeah. talk a little football here. And we really appreciate you guys sending in some questions on Twitter for our mailbag episode. We have a couple questions here we would like to address. I, I thought we got some really good ones, Mac. So let's start with the first one. And I think this is a question that's on a lot of people's minds right now, maybe even outside the ACC. This was from Mr. Ardor. Some of these Twitter handles, I'm not quite sure. At Mr. Ardor, I believe. If either Clemson or UNC wins out, do you believe they should be in the playoff? Mac, why Mm. don't you start with this one? Do I believe they should be in? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I do. I think I think championships matter. I think that if you have the criteria that doesn't take you out of that, which I think is multiple losses, then absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so to me, doesn't matter how you win, doesn't matter if it's by 100 either team or if it's by a last second field goal, the one loss ACC champ should be in. Now, are there other things that could happen and, and that just isn't possible because other you know, conference champions are undefeated or, or just have a, a leg up somewhere, maybe. But I still think that that should matter. I, I hate, KG, that Tennessee is just sitting there waiting, that they're not going to have to play yeah. in a conference championship. They're not going to have any ramifications of potentially losing, getting hurt, anything of that nature, and they're probably going to get in. I, I, I hate it. I don't think that that should be the case. But the way that it is right now, that they're probably sitting there waiting. So to answer the question, yes, I think a one-loss ACC champ should be in. Okay. I understand that. I looked at this a little <laughs> differently for me. Right now, the teams that I think, because I think the word should can be interpreted differently here. To me, the teams I think should be in are, and for me in this order, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. However, if TCU loses... I think that fourth spot is completely up for grabs. As much as I, you know me, Mac, hate on the Big Ten, (laughs) if Ohio State-Michigan is a great game and the teams look very evenly matched and you have all this other chaos in these other leagues, Mm. I could see them putting both Ohio State and Michigan in, similar to what they did with Clemson and Notre Dame in the ACC title game a couple years ago. So for me... I think there's one spot that's definitely open. I think you need TCU to lose. I Mm -hmm. I really do. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at Clemson and UNC, depending on whoever wins, I think if TCU loses, there's a legitimate chance. If TCU wins out, 
I don't feel good because either both Ohio State and Michigan are getting in or one of them is getting in and Tennessee probably. Mm -hmm. And I know how you feel about that and I understand it. They also had to play Alabama and Georgia. Just putting that out there. But I think a lot of it comes down to TCU. And I, I want to share yeah. this. Strength of schedule as of now. Oh. We've got the teams that, that we're kind of talking about in this discussion. I'm going to start with the best strength of schedule to the worst. So far, of, of these names I'm going to name, the best is TCU at 38. I saw that. Yeah. Interesting. Then Georgia at 44. Clemson at 55. Ohio State at 60. UNC at 75, Michigan at 82. The Come thing on, with people. Michigan, and I think if you're a Clemson or UNC fan, you are totally rooting for Ohio State in the Ohio State-Michigan game because if Michigan has one loss with their non-conference schedule, it's tough to make the argument to put them in. Right. If Ohio State has one loss, especially with how Notre Dame's playing, I think you can make more of an argument to put Ohio State in. So sure. if you're a Clemson or UNC fan, I think you need Ohio State to beat Michigan, you need TCU to lose, and then you feel pretty good. Yeah. You you know what is is my ultimate like doomsday, my head will explode situation? Oh no. Is that LSU beats Georgia by oh, a field goal God. and there's three SEC teams in. And they feel like they have to put the SEC champ in. So two freaking two loss LSU gets in. Yeah. And Georgia oh. and Tennessee. I mean it's That'd gonna be, be awful. Nuts. It's gonna be nuts. I think That's if that happen. happens oh, I don't know how they they probably leave Tennessee out, even though Tennessee beat LSU. <laughs> I think if that happens, I'm calling the boys and we're going to make our own playoff and we're going to really play for it. Smart. That's what we're going to do. That's Smart. what we're going to do. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to, to the answer next. answer that question, though, Mac. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Should, yeah. depends on what happens. I'll say that. <laughs> and Mac a, thinks it's just the ACC, an ACC an champ answer. gets in. Yeah. I say, okay, I'll just say that. If TCU goes undefeated and Ohio State beats Michigan, then no, they probably shouldn't get in. I think you that's had a more, chance to beat I think everyone you're changing, on your schedule. I think you're changing should to could. I think you just need to look at should. Should uh, they be? Should they be? I don't know. I don't know if they're one of the four best teams, <laughs> if all those things happen. Okay. I like it. Let's move on because okay. I know I know your answer on this one. You're going to go first here. What does Drake May have to do to convince people that he should be the Heisman favorite? Not in New York, not win it. Be the favorite. He leads nearly every single stat line imaginable for a QB, yet – there are still people who says says he is unworthy. Shout out to Logan Bolton seven. KG Shout out Logan. What the heck does my boy have to do? Okay, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to convince me, and Mac. I, there is no no player out there who has played as good as he has that is more valuable to his team than Drake May. Yes. North Carolina. Even hear me with this. With Sam Howell, wouldn't be nine and one. And right. Sam Howell is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at North Carolina. That's how good Drake May's been. Here's what Drake May needs to do to convince other people who maybe don't educate themselves on how good he's been. The Heisman voting deadline, I, I double-checked this, is December 5th. Uh -oh. The ACC championship game is December 4th. Now, people always complain. People vote early. I really think after the, the Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson situation, people stopped doing that. But who knows? I think UNC needs to win out, and I think Drake May needs to beat Clemson to truly have a chance to win the thing. Right now, if they win out and they lose to Clemson, even if they lose to NC State, I feel like he's still in New York. Mm -hmm. But if you're asking me what he has to do to win it, he needs to win out, he needs to ball out, he needs to beat Clemson. <laughs> I like that because that's my that's my answer too. Um, 
to to get like kind of like unanimous type. Yeah, deal, I mean, right? he's true, truly win it to knock off right. an Ohio State quarterback right. and which Southern is Cal a, quarterback and all yeah. this. I mean, uh, an Ohio State quarterback that had 87 yards in a game this year. That that's just crazy to well, me. Matt, when you look at that, didn't happen. We didn't see that. Oh yeah, yeah. it was it was a, it was a quality Big Ten win. Yeah, you were favored really by gritty. 40 something. It was super gritty. Uh, here's the deal with me. Drake May averages 400 yards a game. Drake May has the most touchdowns in the entire country. He's QBRs through the roof. He's accurate. He does everything you need on top of percentage-wise stats for his team. It's higher than any other Heisman favorite, any other Heisman hopeful. So by definition, he means everything to his team. Without them, KG, you just said this, they would be nowhere near where they are. So True. in my eyes, on top of being 9-1, and one, on top of potentially being a one-loss ACC champion, you're you're walking the dog. You got the trophy. Just, Mac, find a place to put it. Where are we going to put this thing? So I, I think you're right, though. I, I think to, to seal the deal, to have no one else even invited to New York, you go and beat Clemson, like, shut it down. It, it's over. And, and I think that's ultimately the deal. But, asterisk, Voters have to wait and watch the freaking games. I hope that they do. One little point that I think indicates that voters are starting to wait. I think Kenny Pickett's game against Wake Forest in the ACC title game last year really helped yeah. repel him to New York. I think yeah. the fake slide was kind of his Heisman, his Heisman moment, moment. Yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. So I think that's proof that people are starting to wait more. I hope you're right, friend. Hope and it's, right. it's not a runaway this year. You know, it's not like last year was pretty much a runaway for Bryce Young. You knew he was going to win. This year, are you really voting early? I, who I has so. blown you away so much that you have to vote early? The, the only way I could see it is like regional. You know, guy, the, like the Big yeah. Ten area, they're like, yeah, this is CJ freaking Stroud. He's our guy. <laughs> if you're out on the West Coast, you're like, Caleb, I mean, have you watched this guy? Have you seen anybody else? We haven't. And they vote for him. So that's where the, the, like, yeah. the regional bias is so fascinating to see. Uh, just who votes where. And, and I love when those come out because we see it. We, we see that, hey, in 2015, Christian McCaffrey had like 80% of the West Coast. And that was it. And you're just like, what? Like, this is crazy how skewed this is. Yeah. So it'll be fascinating to see, KG. Christian McCaffrey probably should have won the Heisman. I, I said that as a player, which is that. crazy that I said that. <laughs> yeah. Because I was blocking for the guy that he lost to. That's true. That's That's a good point. <laughs> Okay, question number three, Mac. And let's go tell me your your first part of this answer, and we'll, we'll switch off here. But this is from at Peter Marvin one If the season ended today, who would be your ACC award winners? We're talking player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year. Mm. Let's start with player of the year, Mac. Mm. Uh, I think this one's the easiest one in the entire <laughs> yeah. world. Uh, Drake May. Don't know who else you'd give it to. I agree. I think it's let's, gotta you be know, Drake let's May. make this more fun. Who would who would you if you weren't giving it to Drake May? Who would you? Jordan give Travis. It to? Really? Not yeah. Izzy Abanacanda. Huh. No, I think it's Jordan Travis. A quarterback award. God, well, just wrap with, it up with FSU's resurgence in their record, especially if they went out. I think it's Jordan Travis. That's fascinating. W- would you say Abanacanda or Shipley? One of the two. Not why not Jordan Travis? Uh, I don't know. I love Jordan. I think he's playing like the second best quarterback right now. I don't think he he hasn't done anything where I was like, dang, that's the guy. Like Izzy ran for eight million yards. He's about to lead FSU touchdowns. to a nine win season when we all thought FSU was broken. They yeah, were zero four last year. Yeah, but they're running the ball two hundred fifty yards a game. The he runs it really too. Well. 
I don't know. Izzy's offensive line is hurt. He's just he's just that guy. He's that guy. The Bandicant is a baller. He is. I like Jordan. I like Jordan Travis, though. I like Jordan Travis. All right. Defensive player of the year. This one is very hard for me. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if there is a right answer. I am fascinated to see who is going to win this thing. And so when I look at it, I I think Kalijah Kansi is a great answer. I think that Miles Murphy, as crazy as it says, he's second in the ACC in sacks. I think that's going to be a guy that receives votes. I think that um, Ace Ely at Georgia Tech is a great answer. Um, I've been thinking about this one, and honestly, I haven't landed on it. So with that in mind, I think I'm going to go up front because those guys don't get enough love. I think I'm going Kalaja Kansi. I'm going Kalaja Kansi because he is like such a difference maker. It's when he's on the field versus when he's not on the field, it's night and day difference. So I think I'm going with Kalaja. He is. And so I'm going with Kalaja Kansi as well. I'll tell you why, though. To me, it came down to Kalaja Kansi or Jared Verse. I like that. I like Jared. I actually dug into their sack numbers Mm because they're very similar. Kalaja Kansi has more sacks in league games. And so I just decided to give him the edge there. He has five sacks in league and then wow. I think three outside of. And Jared Verse was more half and half. So, And the other thing, too, with Pitt, their defense has played better as of late. And honestly, not trying to critique, be hard on anybody, but the guys around him haven't really played mm-hmm. as well as we thought. Correct. And he's still been a difference the guy. maker. The guy. So I think yeah. it's him. I like that. I think that's a fascinating pick. Okay, how about rookie of the year? Um, it's Drake May. I was gonna I was gonna put you in a box and say you have to say a true freshman. Um, no, but so that Matt, might be more difficult. I double checked this. Drake May is winning all of the ACC Rookie of the Week awards, so he's yes. obviously eligible. Right. So it's no, Drake I, May. I know it is. It so is. But I just who would hate be that. your guy outside of that though? Because it's really hard. Yeah. Can I tell you who I had? Yes. Antonio Williams. That's a solid pick. When you Probably look at all-purpose yards, yeah, him and Omari on Hampton are the only ones in, like, the top 50. Mm-hmm. Only freshmen, which is kind mm-hmm. of crazy. And Hampton hasn't played in the last two games. Right. And I was going to say, he's probably the most consistent, which is nuts. Yeah. Man, but see, that stinks. It shouldn't count. Drake shouldn't be eligible for that. But he's not, not a who's left? I think it's been a very down year for freshmen. Like we Yeah, haven't just really young guys. Yeah. Freshmen make an impact. Yeah. Interesting. You probably there's probably some defensive guys that we're not giving enough credit to. I think that's a solid pick. I think it's a solid pick. But it's gonna be Drake May. No question. No Obviously. question. Drake May. The real debate, Mac, is coach of the year. And I want to see if we still disagree. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Go ahead. Coach Elko. No question. No question. Mac Brown. No, it's not Mac Brown. Mac, it's Brown, Mac Brown has a quarterback. Had higher, way Coach higher, Elko has a quarterback. way higher expectations. Not really, Matt. Seven not half, really. Seven and a half wins. Duke was at three. Okay. That's a big difference. And also, I keep referring back to this. We, on this podcast, said the goal was one ACC win. They're going to win nine games, which is bonkers. Okay. He's the coach of the year. You would have never expected anything from Duke. You probably, I mean, uh, Buddy picked them to win the championship. I'm, you can't give it to Mac. There was expectation. If we're most improved coach of the year, most surprising coach of the year, Mike Elko. Most most improved would be Mac Brown. But coach of the year to lead your team that literally didn't win a road game last year, Mac, <laughs> to be crazy. undefeated on the road. Yeah. 
to replace Sam Howell, one of the best in your school's history, mm-hmm. with Drake May, and now he's in legit Heisman conversations. The amount of in-game decisions he's had to make late in games to make them go nine and one. There's still some season left. If mm-hmm. like if Duke loses their last two, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying if, not saying this is gonna happen, Duke. Sure. If UNC loses to NC State, then maybe you knock them down. But I th- I just I mean UNC was coming off a pretty rough year. I'm yeah. gonna give Mac Brown the credit. But I also put I, I just like to push back against people who always do it as a most improved award because that's not technically what it is. Well, he's also a first year head coach. Like he took this thing over. And totally yeah. changed it. So no, and, and respect to Mike Elko. I'm not trying yeah, to take anything away no, from what we he's hear done. You. Hey, he's Mike's done a great not, job. Mike's not listening. You don't have to defend Mike. Okay. We'll tell Are you him sure? Later. Yeah, maybe he is. Mike, hit me up if you're listening. Here's the deal, too, though. UNC, five stars, four stars, everywhere. Duke has allegedly none. Allegedly, <laughs> Duke has none of those guys. And so, to me. It's just so different. Riley Leonard was Riley Leonard a three star, a two star? Drake Maybe basketball. Like Drake, Drake was a bona fide like dude, and so but he got him to come. He was committed to Alabama. Yeah, but Bryce Young, I think, threw a curveball in that. That's what I think. Really, Still. maybe people don't want to talk about. It. It'll be fascinating to see. So if you're voting, you're voting for Hookem, uh, Mag Brown. I'm going with <laughs> Bull City, uh, okay. my guy Mike Elko. So that's that's fascinating. That's fascinating. We will see. We will see what happens. Okay, there. let's let's move on here. For the yeah. ACC in general, what is it about this year that has shocked you both the most? This is a fantastic question. Mm. Um, Proby at life is that what that says? Proby at life, I think. Is Shout out Proby. What's up, bro or girl? Um, <laughs> holler for being. Actually, all of our people. We're like ninety eight percent on YouTube male. So what's up, bro? It's good to see you. Um, you go first, KG. What what has shocked you the most? About this. I wrote I wrote down three things. Oh, but the first thing that comes to mind is UNC being nine and one because <laughs> of their defense and because of all the games they won on the road. And mm-hmm. last year they couldn't win on the road. So I, I that's shocking. I did not think that UNC was winning the coastal. I didn't mm-hmm. think they were gonna be nine and one. Yeah. Second for me is FSU and their resurgence, the possibility yes. of a nine win FSU. I think we all thought they could maybe go seven and five, but their schedule was very difficult and they beat LSU, which was huge. Mm-hmm. And the third one, I feel really bad. I don't even know if I should say this right now. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, Brennan Armstrong. Yeah. It's been tough. Yeah. it's Because he was just – what he so did last good. year was incredible. And this year it's been so different. Yeah. No, no question about it. Um, for me, it it is for sure Miami. Um, oh. You know, there was just so much hype, so much expectation – and maybe again, maybe but that wasn't warranted. Maybe it wasn't isn't warranted. Is that what Miami does all the time? Yeah, but they had a quarterback, and that's where I thought it was going to be different. Like that—that that, if you look back at Miami forever, I mean, it's—it's it's been all this excitement, but there hasn't been a guy. They had a guy last year. He—he's shown up yeah. in some games this year. Um, so I thought that that was going to be a massive, massive difference maker. I thought that he was really going to be able to take them to a crazy place, but you know, he—he he absolutely hasn't. So that's been the biggest shocker to me. And just seeing kind of, wow, that's not good. And probably the, the ne- I'm going so negative. This is I'm going to go two negatives, one positive. Okay. Um, Clemson's defense has certainly shocked me. Interesting. The I would agree. Lack of consistency. Thinking that those that was going to be one of the best D lines, one of the best defenses. You know, we've seen in quite some time, and that just has not been that. Uh, we, we've seen way too many, you know, big plays. Guys not playing super hard. Have to get embarrassed to really step up and play your best game. So that that was interesting and, and shock. And then the last one is 
for sure Duke. Like that's yeah. just, I keep going back to it, but that's Agreed. crazy. It's absolutely crazy what they're doing, how they're doing it. Didn't go to the portal and get a bunch of guys. Definitely didn't have anybody massive in, in recruiting where you're like, that dude's going to change everything. Um, so that coaching staff just got the most out of them and, and really you know, made it impressive to see what they're doing right now. Totally agree. Duke and UNC in the football world. Here they are, shocking everybody. That's right. Just like we thought. Yeah. One of the teams that I thought shocked me, FSU, possibly winning nine games. The next question is about Florida State, and it's from Tiger Paws 20 So it may be a Clemson fan asking about Florida State. The question is, might the FSU rebuild Norvell has done thus far become the blueprint for how to do so with NIL and transfer portal concerns? Hmm. And I thought this was a good question. Oh, go ahead, Mac. You're supposed to answer first. Well, I just think it's it's interesting. The NIL piece is interesting. I I don't think that they have this, like, massive – I haven't heard about it. Like, I heard at Miami or at Louisville. I think it was more about the portal. Yeah, the portal, absolutely. I mean, that's what they have really, you know, had their bread and butter with these last two seasons with getting instrumental pieces – I mean, they went and got like 10 offensive linemen. They got four brand new wide receivers that are playing really well, you know, right now. A running back, Trey Benson, that was yeah. a transfer portal guy. Um, defensively, Jared Verse, Jamie Robinson, like all these dudes. So, absolutely. I mean, they're showing that if you can make your school a destination type place, if, if you can somehow find a way to build sustainability within chaos and, and short lived kind of things, absolutely. But what I think we're going to start to see from Florida State is less of the portal, more of recruiting. Like now that they've well, you gotten have to, to now. Yeah, yeah, now that you've gotten to this point, you're, you're getting favor with recruits. You're starting to get back into those five-star rooms where you can get those guys. I still think you supplement it because just on ages, and I'm sure you're going to lose a bunch um, at any given time. So kind of supplement those together to where you can be much more heavy, much more based in high school recruiting and then you can bring in those guys as you need to kind of fill in some holes in the roster, which they've done an exceptional job at so far. They have, especially when you're in Florida. Like, you should be able to get some really good high school players, and Florida State always has. But transitioning from mainly going to the portal in the offseason to recruiting, I think, is something FSU still has to do because these guys aren't all going to have COVID years forever. Like, you're bringing in right. some guys that have extra years, and that's not going to be the case. But I think they've really set the tone. Jermaine Johnson last year, of course, was was the main one. Yeah. Jared Verse, Trey Benson, the list goes on and on. I think other programs who have who have big brands but have fallen off need to do this. Yeah. And the one that comes to mind first was Nebraska. I think whoever <laughs> Nebraska hires, they need to say, all right, we need to go to the portal now right. and get some experienced guys that can come in here and make a difference. I think um, even a place like Miami needs to do that. And they've done it a little bit, but maybe not as successfully. Georgia Tech could try. But FSU, they do have a brand, like a Nebraska, like a Miami, where I think it works with guys. But being selective in the portal is important, too. I think that they've they've done a really good job finding – Really good players who want to buy into Norvell's Mm -hmm. system in the portal. Mm -hmm. No, I I completely agree with that. And I I think that last piece that you said is just so important with with fit and with, you know, not getting caught up in, oh, my God, this guy was a five-star coming out of high school. Like, no one cares anymore. What has he done on the field? Like, 
don't get tricked twice, you know, by somebody who was overly <laughs> recruited and had all these stars that, you know, maybe didn't do anything at the college realm. So for me, absolutely. And you bring up Georgia Tech. I mean, they have an opportunity with whoever they hire that, that you have that not instant gratification, but that ability to have guys right away that, that are ready and that can play when you can ease your way into the recruiting piece. So absolutely, you have to use that thing to your advantage if you are a team that doesn't have a strong foundation, that doesn't have a pipeline that just comes in and out each and every year uh, with talent at the high school rank. So it's fascinating, KG, and certainly I agree with you. Some of these blue bloods, some of these guys that are maybe way, way down right now, that's the fast track back is to go yeah. in that portal, get some guys, and, and figure it out quicker. Um, let's move on here. We're going to we're staying in the Atlantic. A lot of Atlantic questions. Yeah. Uh, to, to Wake Forest, our guy, Wake Fan Baseball. Shout out to the Deeks Baseball okay. and the Diamond. What do you think Wake Forest has to do to get back in the win column? Well, the good thing this weekend, <laughs> KG, is you're playing Syracuse. Run the football. Do yeah. that, and you'll win. Easy enough. I'm going to say continue to proceed down your schedule to the next opponent (laughs) because, you know, when you look at Wake's losses, the only loss that really shocks you is Louisville. Mm -hmm. I mean, to lose to Clemson, to lose at NC State, and then to lose to a top 15 North Carolina team, none of those are terrible losses. The Louisville loss, and that's not a terrible loss. You lost on the road to a pretty good Louisville team, but the way you lost was terrible. (laughs) So you have Syracuse and Duke. Those are two very, very winnable games. If you can, I think that that part is going to help you. Mm-hmm. But the other part to me is just you have to, and this is really on on Hartman, but also on the O-line and on the receivers, it seems like Wake just has the, the costliest of turnovers. Right. And we saw it against North Carolina. We saw it against NC State. We saw a bunch of them against Louisville. Yeah. You have to avoid those turnovers where you – lose the game on one play. 100%. T- totally agree with you. And, and really, I mean, it, it is a problem what Wake Force has been experiencing these last six, eight, ten years, whatever it's been, where the calendar turns to November, mm-hmm. team falls apart. Like, again, and, and I should probably do a deeper dive into it. Is, is it quality of opponent? Is it injuries? You know, what is the deal? Because forever I feel like they've been ranked, they've been undefeated, they've been one loss. And then it hits, and then, man, it's just catastrophe strikes where the season just totally goes downhill in a hurry. So, you know, there's there's ways around that, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, just taking that next step. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, for these guys. Take the next step as a program. Yeah. Our friends up in Syracuse at Loud House FS, the Syracuse Loud House people on Twitter, they ask a similar question, Mac. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> How does our beloved Syracuse Orange snap its four-game slide? It is hard to believe we have gone from a 6-0 Syracuse to a 6-4 Syracuse. It's crazy. That's brutal. It's absolutely crazy. How do they um, snap the slide, Mac? Yeah, yeah. first of all, um, Loud House, do not listen to my answer to question six uh, because I kind of gave away that you will not True. do that. Um, but I, it, to me, it's it's – you're in such a weird funk right now, offensively, defensively. It's like we lost this identity that we created yes. so fast and, and it was fun to watch. And we were, you know, we were who we were. We got the ball to Sean Tucker. We kept the ball in Garrett Schrader's hands and we got the ball to Aronde Gatson. And it was great and everything was working, you know, perfectly. And then an injury happens, then a couple losses happen and it like all fell to pieces on the offensive side of the football. So just trying to get back to that is going to be key. Uh, I I certainly think that the Schrader 
injury injuries is is something that is going to prohibit them. You know, he was limping on the field. He was off the field. He was grabbing his hand or his shoulder. Like, is he going to even be able to go this week? I'm not sure against this Wake Forest team that, you know, has some guys have emerged out on the edge. I mean, I saw big 30 for Wake Forest absolutely fly off the ball, make two back-to-back plays this past weekend on Drake May. And, man, it was just like, dang, where did this guy come from? I mean, he's playing like a man possessed. So to see something like that, if you don't have mobility at the quarterback position or if you have a guy in there who's maybe less experienced, doesn't know what he's looking at, I mean, watch out. It could be very interesting. I think the bigger problems, OKG, are on the defensive side of the ball and Mm. just not being able to stop the run. I mean, four games in a row where if you go back and listen to the tape, I said this was going to happen. After the Clemson game, we were just like, uh-oh, this is a problem. Like, this has been identified. You're facing four teams in a row now. That's exactly what they do. So that's not good. Wake Forest is very balanced, but I guarantee they are going to run that football yeah. because of what has been on tape. So what? how can you adjust? What can you do? How can you make something happen? And, man, if you don't, you're looking at five in a row and then maybe even finish your season 0-6, which is just crazy. Hard to believe. And then you're going to a bowl game. <laughs> Which win that one? It's it's so weird because going into the year, if we told you Syracuse got to a bowl game, we'd think great. Be so happy. But then it's <laughs> it's so odd to go six and zero and perhaps own six. Right. Their schedule also does light up, lighten up a little bit with Wake Forest, which is not necessarily light, mm-hmm. but they're not ranked. And then Boston College, both are on the road, and BC with Emmett Moorhead. Looks pretty good. It's not a dome at Boston College. Let me just tell you that. Yeah, it, they could maybe lose to Wake, beat BC, finish seven and five, but they just need to find themselves again somehow. And Gadsden with one catch last week, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Get the ball to Aronde Gadsden. Try to just find a way, target him, whatever quarterback's in, get him the ball. That's how yeah. I'm saying they fix it. The, the the way that they have lost with not giving the ball to Sean Tucker, not targeting their best wide receiver. Like, to me, that's what's so infuriating. Like, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose throwing the ball 15 times to Gatskin. I'm going to lose running Sean Tucker 20-plus times. That's how I'm going to lose if I'm losing. I'm not going to do it by, oh, yeah, we only got him seven touches. Like, that's on us. Like, yeah, it is. And that's why you (laughs) lost. So it's a weird spot. It's a really weird spot. All right, KG, this has been a lot of fun. It is super exciting. And we get to end this mm-hmm. with question number eight here, and it's all about food. Listen, yes. you are probably at this point a little better traveled than me at these schools because you call games on a frequent basis. Perhaps. You actually get to go to site with these. So I'm interested in hearing yours. Listen, someone, uh, Catherine, shout out Catherine Loftus. She asked for our top 10 I don't know if I could give you 10 off the bat. I probably could if I thought really hard. Just throw out a couple. Throw, throw out a couple of your down? favorite. Oh, you wrote them down. That's good. I did. I, <laughs> I wrote down seven. I've got I seven. can get three. That'll be okay. our top 10. Let's go. All right. Perfect. So first thought was smoking Pig in Clemson. Obviously, Obvious. it's actually right outside Clemson. I also <laughs> added Pixie and Bills. If you go to Clemson, I'm a Absolute big Pixie trash. and Bills person. Don't listen to that. That was the worst food take on your. Okay, are I hope you that kidding? If you're not going to Rick Irwin's, what are you doing? Or Hall's Chop is good. But Pixie and Bills to me is a more of like a Clemson establishment. Like that's been there forever. I love Pixie and Bills. Don't be a hater. Dang. Everyone listening, do not go there. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dinosaur Barbecue in Syracuse. I think mm-hmm. Mac would agree. He just went. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a really cool vibe. If you're from the South, you'll feel like you're in the South when you're in that's Dinosaur right. Barbecue. It's a good way to describe it. Mac 
made sure I went here. I went here actually last week. Jeff Ruby's in Louisville. Yes. Was awesome. Killer. And the vibe is so cool. We just went in and sat at the bar. And I mean, I got out of there for like 50 bucks. It, I didn't have a drink or anything, but it was, you can go in there and you can, I, I got the salmon and the Caesar salad. It was delicious. Now, if you get a steak, you're not getting out of there for 50 bucks. <laughs> I got out of there for 50 bucks on the appetizer. Okay. So, so it's very I'm saying you different. can make it work. You can, you can, but don't, don't, don't do the KG route. Go, go hard. <laughs> Go hard if you're going to go there. The steak, they have sushi, which is fantastic. They do, yeah. And, of course, the, the bar is fantastic. Jeff Ruby's is so a great cool. – it's a cool place. you got to go to Jeff Ruby's. If you're in Louisville, if you're in Cincinnati, I think they're – Nashville maybe. It's a great spot if you want to go check that out. The one in Louisville is right by the Yum Center. It is yes. like a block from yes. the Yum Center. Okay, this one's random. So I was in Pittsburgh to call a game. Oh. I don't even know. I think this was pre-COVID. Okay. And – Two of two friends that I know live there, and so they took me here. And Mac, I don't know if you've ever been to a place like this. It was called Emporio, mm. a meatball joint, and what? every single dish has to. The center of the dish is meatball. Oh, meatball. Oh, yes. plural, multiple. Yeah, wow. yeah, multiple, multiple meatballs. Wow, it was really delicious. Really? It was good, man. Yeah, so I okay, recommend so, it. So I've been to Pittsburgh once. And I cannot for the life of me remember it, but it was like the Steelers place. It was like every other steak was named after a Steelers player. Like they were coming in and out of there. That's cool. It's right near the Pirates baseball stadium. So if you guys are in Pittsburgh, find that. It's right there. I think it was an Italian name, which makes sense. It was a baller steak, baller steakhouse. And then perhaps... I would say on uh, if you have a lesser budget, go to the meatball joint because it was balling. <laughs> we have <laughs> two probably better than we have two more affordable than the steakhouse. This is unbelievable. This Max is always unbelievable. like um the steak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have three more. All right, let's I go. I have. I don't even know if I'm saying this right. I went here on a recent trip to Boston, and it was amazing. <laughs> you know, Ristorante in the North End. Is is Uno Uno? Are you saying it's spelled E U N O in the North End? It was look it up. It was really good. It was so good. I think it was Italian. Yeah, but they had other stuff. This is weird. I got the salmon again. I need to stop getting salmon everywhere I go. Very very on theme on brand for me. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! All right, Mac. You probably haven't been to. No, you did go to South Bend once. Yes. To do Packer Durham thing. Did you go to the South Bend Chocolate Company? No, that sounds amazing. We went to like we Bend. went to like Aurorix or something right on the corner. Fairly famous bar. Steakhouse. No, it was just a bar. <laughs> uh, and Packer wanted to go there, and we did. And it was just he and I after the cross country ACC championships, <laughs> and it was terrible weather, but we were hanging out in South there Bend. You go. It was it was a cool spot. I'm sure it's way cooler on game day. Yeah. Well, the South Bend Chocolate Company. I mean, coffee and all that stuff, but just like cakes, the cakes, pies, pastries. Go check it out. Got to have so that good. one. Got to have that one. And then this is just a little Texas suggestion. Not in Texas, but both Raleigh and Charlottesville okay. have a Torchy's Tacos. <laughs> if you are in Raleigh or it's Charlottesville, go to Torchy's Tacos. Thank me later. Mm, you will not be disappointed. Killer. That's Get amazing. the queso. The queso is amazing. Yeah. Okay. There okay, you go. That's my list. Easy enough. Um, so a lot of those crossed over with mine. Okay. Uh, I would also throw Esso Club in for Clemson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a, a favorite uh, of sorts. If you go to um, NC State, uh, there, there's a great place. 
Um, I don't want to butcher the name right now. I'm getting nervous trying to say it. I think it's Amedeos. Is that correct? Amadeos, I think. Amadeos. Shout out Amadeos. Yeah, it's a famous spot. Yeah. I am very embarrassed that I don't know how to say your restaurant's name. Baller place. They always take care of us. It's a really good spot there. Nice Italian food. Um, What was another place that I was going to hit you with? Hmm. Oh, uh, uh, is it called Top of the Hill or Capitol Hill at UNC? Have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's top, top of the hill. hill. Top of the hill. Top of the hill. Really yeah. cool, kind of famous vibe. That's a cool mm-hmm. place. God, there was one more kind of Italian place that we went to at UNC that was really good. I think it was called like Three or something like that. Um, mm. Pie Three, maybe. Uh, really good place. So I should have done better research on this, so I had a great list for you guys. <laughs> okay. um, but those are a lot of crossovers. Mac, is, the best probably, Mac is probably at the steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Any That's city, find the best steakhouse, and you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> this was really fun, guys. Thank you for sending in the questions. We enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, let us know on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following us at Kelly Graham, like at Eric McLean. Let us know on Instagram, whatever. But these are these are fun, and we got a ton of questions, and we kind of narrowed them down to the the eight that we thought would fit in here. But <laughs> we appreciate you guys very much. Absolutely, great participation by everybody on social media. Thank you very much. Uh, can't wait for Friday. Loaded weekend. Some things starting to separate. KG, we mm. talked about the Florida States, the North Carolinas, the Clemson's kind of taking a step. I think there's a couple other teams that could join them after this weekend. Going to be fascinating to see who can do it. Cannot wait to break this entire weekend down. But that's it from us. Another great episode. Gramlick and McLean. thank you guys for tuning in. Go over to YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. So cool to see those numbers, to talk to you guys on there with some comments, but also Go over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.